Yeah, this this is this is. Nedbank is proud to bring you inspiring stories from a new breed of young professionals. Your circumstances are not permanent. Um, don't let your circumstances force you into things that you're not passionate about and things that you don't like. Take the risk. If you want to do something, go out there. Honestly, the sky is truly not the limit. I mean, we hear that often, but we are really living in the most fertile time where you can literally pursue anything that you want. So I see money as an enabler, and I've always seen money as an enabler, uh, and that's why I was always big in savings since I was very, very young. Hello and welcome to Conversations with Young Professionals brought to you by Nedbank. I am Vumim Sweli, your host, and I'm so excited to have a fabulous looking young lady with me. Her name is Gidimetsi Kadi, and she is a SAFTA Award Director, Channel O Award nominated director for one of my favorite videos, Rans and Nairas. Hello, Kidimetsi, and welcome. Uh, thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. And congratulations on making the Mail and Guardian top 200 most influential young South Africans. I know it's very exciting. And I'm so excited to also just see what happens with the opportunity that I have. This is one of um, the things that you kind of dream about. And then when it happens, you don't really know what to do. So we're going to get to know you a little bit better. We're going to do a rapid fire round of questions. Are you ready? No. <laughs> I'm going to go anyway. So, bush or beach? Beach. Apple or Android? Apple. Seven colors on a Sunday or a braai? Braai. Movies or Netflix? Netflix. Wine or beer? Beer. Dinner, dead or live, who is coming and what are you serving? My granny. She passed away. My condolences. And I would... Serve her tea with condensed milk and some scones. That sounds so yummy, especially in this winter. Yeah. Sounds delicious. Instagram or Twitter? Instagram. My kind of girl, all visual. All visual. So tell me a little bit about yourself. Tell me where do you come from? What's the story? What's the background? So I'm originally from the Eastern Cape. Um, I come from a family of two very different parents. My father is very traditional, very religious, very nine to five. And my mom is like this wild entrepreneur, super spiritual. And I've just always um, been very open to anything creative or anything that really challenges me. And then, yeah, I finished high school. I moved to Johannesburg. I studied film, and the rest is history. <laughs> history. What, what actually inspired that? You know, it's a very unconventional career to say, I'm going to study film, and I'm going to get into, into the media world. What, what inspired that? It sounds really stupid, but I, I had a dream. <laughs> Literally, I dreamt about it. I was in grade 10, and um, we, were, we started studying film. Mm. And I, I remember thinking, oh, my God, I, I never looked at movies as a career option. And then I went home and then I dreamt about being a director. And then a year later, my best friend, uh, they have a farm in the Transkei. And there was this big Hollywood production that was shooting at their farm. So then she organized for me and her to be on set. And the first set I ever went to in my life, I was in matric. It was Richard Gere, it was Hilary Swank. I was Richard wow. Gere's towel girl. It was like crazy. And so that was my introduction. And that was like, okay, cool. I'm going to do this. I'm going all the way. So I've seen 
my dream at a very high level from a young age. And because of that, it's just always felt very possible and very easy to kind of get there and do it. And I'm doing it. So our theme today is all about rebellion and forging your own path. You certainly have done that. Choosing to say, this is my space. This is how I own it. What have been some of the challenges in forging ahead and saying, I'm not going to be conventional. I'm going to do the exact opposite and be a typical millennial and just rebel. I mean, there's, um, there's very traditional challenges like family. Like my dad just never understood what I was doing. Um, even my mom, she was always very supportive of me. But everybody, every family member and every parent wants you to be safe. They want to feel like you've got a career that's moving somewhere. And for a very long time, it was just like lots of hits and misses and doing crazy jobs that nobody understood why I was doing them. Like my first job I was telling you was I was smarty cat on cool cats. And I just and I found w- out. <laughs> Dude. And I just wanted to be on set. That was it. So... Family is a big thing. And then money is also a challenge because you're like, I'm going to forget the rules. I don't want to do a nine to five. I want to work from home. But that means sacrificing uh, the benefits that come with the security of having a nine to five. Mm-hmm. So it's money, it's family, and it's um, it's anxiety. You you, It's a lot of time spent analyzing what you really want. So it's it's a lot of time spent with yourself. But that also means um, you're very critical of yourself. So anxiety is something that's always just like tickering on the edge of of anything, really. Mm. So how do you how do you manage that? That the family aspect, the anxiety of not knowing where the next paycheck is coming as you pursue your passion. Yeah. How how do you manage and balance that? Um, you have to have insane faith in yourself. There's no sweet way about it. Mm. Um, it's not like you can go to gym and you'll feel better. You can live a healthy life. You can eat well. Those are just like the physical things. Emotionally, spiritually, you have to think that what you want is so possible, like you can feel it. And then other people, to other people, you look a little bit delusional, but that delusion is really, really healthy for you. And then eventually um, you'll get the jobs and you'll prove to your family that, no, look, I can be stable. Eventually the space between the jobs becomes shorter and then you become financially stable. And yeah, you actually just have to go for it. There's there's no sweet way about balancing um, going after what you really want. Um, you know what you're saying reminds me of a, a quote I heard Will Smith say, and he said, being realistic is the, is the shortest route to mediocrity. Mm. And he's also really hot. <laughs> that he is. <laughs> he's like a fine wine, aging. <laughs> no, but it's true. Um, there's also another quote I love. It's It says, um, fear, what does it say? The only thing to fear is fear itself. And that just always resonated with me. I mean, like, I was like a black girl doing surfing when I was 13 years old. Everything I've ever done, I'm not supposed to do. And that's just made my life so fulfilling. Because you, you pursue your passion and like without a caution. No, without caution. It's, it's a little crazy, though. So tell me, if you were to have a conversation with your younger self and you're back in Monty and you meet a younger version of you, what, what would that conversation sound like? What would you say to her? What would that note to your younger self be? Ugh, a note to my younger self. I don't know. It's weird. I always, I've just always gone after what I want. So 
in fact, when I was younger, I was even wilder. And I used to think of something and it would happen. And then there came a space. Yes, I know what I tell myself. I tell um, myself that you're going to be very disappointed in yourself. You're going to experience a lot of failure. But that's all a part of the process. And don't, don't question your gut. Trust your instincts. Trust your instincts. Okay. So looking at your career from, I'm very, I'm very excited about the Ranzanaya video. Yes. Looking at your career and the type of work you've done, what has made you make those sort of decisions? And I, I know you spoke a little bit about your, the one time you almost had a, a sort of conventional role and how you were a little bit frustrated. Yeah. Um, t- tell me about that. I, I don't think I've ever had an option to be conventional, to be quite honest. Even my first job, my first career moves. Um, So in film, everything is a gradual process. Um, You can go to school, you can be self-taught. I went to school to study film. And in fact, I failed directing in first year. That's interesting. And um, I was very consumed with uh, being young and moving from the Eastern Cape to Johannesburg. So after that, I was very insecure about being a director. And it just... That insecurity and that failure has actually is probably the reason why I'm sitting here today. It's the reason why I am who I am. Mm. But after I failed, I just wanted to be on set because it. I continued with after I graduated with producing, but I it meant I didn't have a directing reel, mm. and all I wanted to do was to direct. So every decision I've ever made came from I just wanted to be on set. So I've done ridiculous jobs. And then... Um, what is some of those ridiculous jobs? Besides being a towel for Richard Gere. That sounds like a dream job to me. <laughs> that was so amazing. <laughs> Richard Gere's towel girl, that was the one. Uh, the Cool Cats was another one. I mean, um, mostly working with celebrities, I, I think it's, um, it's a little bit ridiculous. The music videos, that was crazy. I mean, I used to shoot girls twerking for hours. Don't look at me like that. That was that was my job. That's how I made money. And then I kind of also had like a bit of an existential crisis where I didn't like how I was portraying women. Mm-hmm. But I didn't want to make it a big thing because I was always surrounded by men and it's just all these guys on set. But then I pulled away from music videos. Mm-hmm. Then I... The first uh, show I did for SABC actually was by mistake. I was um, I was like the assistant director. And then the guy that was the director, he got cast. Nguyen Kakling is a great mm-hmm. actor. He got cast to be a lead on some TV show. So I stood in on the one day for him. And then on the next day I stood in. And then eventually he was like, no, man, just do just it. Do it. So even that was by chance, my first real thing. Oh, wow. And then in that process, I was like, no, this is still not enough. Like, I need something more. And this is something that people don't do. They expect things to come to them. You need to search. You need to, you need to like, look. You need to ask people. You need to go online. So that's what I do. I'd go to work. I'd come back. I'd spend all my time online looking for stuff. And then I came across this project that was about female um, filmmakers for the first time. So I shot my first film. And two years later, that film was playing in Portland in the USA. So, yeah. That is impressive. Yeah. And that was my first film ever. Got bought by Showmax as well. So it still plays on TV. And then after that, it's just um, nothing is, I take nothing for granted. 
you certainly come across as someone who knows what they want and has been relentless in pursuing it and making that happen for yourself. Where do you see yourself in the next five to 10 years? Um, in the next five to 10 years, I would like to um, do what I'm doing on an international level, what I'm doing domestically right now, um, being able to have my own schedule, being able to take the projects that I want to work on. I mean, next year, I want to go and do my master's in the States, but I want to leave when the time is right. I want to get a bit more momentum this side. Mm. So I don't know where I'll be in five years, but my feature film will be done. Um, That's exciting. Yes. You want to talk a little bit about that project? Oh, yes. Um, my feature film, it's going to be my first feature. It's based on a real story. Um, something that changed my life dramatically that happened when I was in high school. And it, it made me question a lot of the dynamics in the space that I was being raised. Um, come from a family, like most black middle-class families, you send your children to Model C schools. So I grew up in Model C schools thinking that everyone is the same. You know, people say colorblind. Yes. Oh my God, I don't see color. Like I was like, literally, that was foolish me. And then this, this thing happened where um, the kids that I had grown up with since grade three or grade two, um, they, they beat this guy up and then the guy was uh, hospitalized and later the guy passed away. The guy they beat up was black. And there was such a carelessness about his death. Mm. To this day, that has not left me. And uh, a lot of the people that were involved in it, it happened so long ago that I think people like to pretend it didn't happen. Mm. So, yeah. So I started writing the script about it three years ago. And I'm going to go into production either early next year or mid next year. And I want to do it also just to honor, honor the passing of someone whose name I don't even know. But it was, it, his death felt like the death of my childhood, the death of my understanding, and also just a big reality check on how the world actually works. It's interesting you say that because it seems like you seem to source inspiration from clearly your own life and just observing. Being a storyteller and a filmmaker, you are really putting a mirror to society. Do you feel um, a burden as well as an obligation to to tell those stories? Is it a case of inspiration comes where it, it where, wherever it wills and you then reflect those stories? Where does that come from for you, that source of inspiration and that burden to share the truth? Um, it's twofold. I have a very frivolous side to my art where I like to make things that are aesthetically pleasing and just like, just beautiful. That's the one side. The other side to my art is very, very conscious. I just did a documentary, three-part documentary called Ties That Binders. And it was basically, um, you can call it alternative education. Mm. I It was based on this guy, Tariq. Tariq Patrick, he wrote he wrote three theses about pre-colonial South Africa dating back two thousand years. Oh, wow! And the stuff that came out of that research and the process of doing that for me was something that I felt I had to share with the country. And the documentary I got, um, I think seven 
panelist, a black person, a white person, an Indian person, a colored person, um, an immigrant, and other. Because remember when we were in high school? Yes. There used to be black, white, or other. Yes. So I got somebody that fell into the category of other. And I got them to discuss um, all this history that they didn't know anything about and to kind of put it in a present day, to contextualize it in present day. And we are so conflicted as people. And stuff like that, just like my, my feature film, is about um, understanding how little we know about ourselves and we know about each other. And it's, I think that's the kind of stuff you have to share with people and it makes people question and it makes people challenge themselves as well. Mm. So I'm definitely a balance of, of the two. Oh. Yeah. So something that definitely conflicts a lot of people is money. Yeah. So clearly, you know, the conversations with young professionals is brought to us by NetBank. Hey. I cannot let you go without talking a little bit about money, which, you, you know, you mentioned earlier, sometimes you sacrifice in pursuing your passion. Yeah. How do you see money? How do you spend money? How do you save money? What do you do with money? I actually see money as a... Uh, like kind of like a, a token, not a token, like, um, you know, when you go to, to the games and then mm. you get the little tokens to play stuff. So for me, I don't, and it, I wanted to see it like that because I don't want to have an emotional attachment towards money. Money is something that gives me the means to do what I want. So if I have this amount of money. It means I can travel. It means I can go see my family. And for a long time, I I struggled financially because of the career that I'm in and I only just got financially stable. And even now, I'm I'm still very young, actually, with my relationship with money, to be honest. Mm. Made grow and mature and be abundant. Yes. This relationship. Before we sign off, I would really like for you to share some, some pearls of wisdom, especially with our young professionals listening, who are saying, listen, I want to be rebellious. I want to forge my own path ahead. What would you share with them? Um, okay, be rebellious, forge your path, have faith, but have a plan. Being rebellious doesn't mean you're just floating and you're just running with whatever you want. And that's usually the misconception that people have. You need to have a plan and your plan changes. And you need to have short-term goals and long-term goals. And you just, um, you need to trust yourself. If you're going to go the route of being rebellious, everyone else will tell you that you're going the wrong way. Mm. So you really, you need to love yourself and you need to trust yourself. Love yourself, trust yourself and have a plan. Wise words indeed. Kitimese, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you so much. For more info and to hear even more interesting conversations with young professionals, log on to www.youngprofessionals.co.za.